0: Hello everyone. My name is Gregory Cook Jr. I am a sophomore at Oakland University majoring in bioengineering and you are now listening to Greg Talks. Today I will be your host as always and uh, unfortunately my co-host had a family emergency so she will not be here with me today but the review will go on as usual. And today we will be talking about Madoka Magica and Demon Slayer two of my favorite all-time animes and uh, First things first. I do want to give a shout out to everyone who voted on the poll that I put out on the anime Amino a few weeks back so uh, I'm gonna do that right now uh, Also, I do apologize if I mispronounce anybody's username. That is not my intention, but I will do my best um, So here we go Dio Brando, Kama Leons 1, Chibi, Axu Lombarte, Scruffy McFumblebun, Martin, Lord Twigo 69, and Lemmy. Thank you for voting for Madoka Magica. And for Demon Slayer, we have Textual Heart 628, Gaiji, Neptune, and Zezo. Thank you very much for voting for Kometsu no Yaiba. Now, uh, just to start off with Madoka Magica, I'm just going to talk about how I came to find it. So my understanding of that show was it was a magical girl show. I was a bit turned off by it at first, but I um, was always kind of intrigued by it because I knew it always had like a very large fan base, and I wanted to watch. I had wanted to view it for a long time, so you know, eventually I came around to watching it, and I greatly enjoyed it. It definitely was a magical girl show, but it had a bit of a twist to it, as it follows uh, the main character, Madoka Kaname um Saika, uh Kyoka, Mami, and Homura basically in the show, and I'll try to kind of go around spoilers the best I can, but there's no guarantee. So just be warned if you're viewing this further, because I might spoil a few things for the sake of the review. So Minoka Koname is kind of a very nice and polite girl. She lives with her mother, who works at a corporate company, um, as well as her younger sister and her father. And she has two friends, uh, which are named Saika. And I forgot the other one's name, but I know it starts with with a T, but she's not really that important. So uh, Madoka, like, she goes to school... And she kind of views herself as a bit of a, a hopeless case as she doesn't think she's that talented at anything or is that powerful. So, her friend in contrast, Saikya, she kind of is the opposite, where she has a strong moral code about justice. Um, she definitely likes to support her friends, but she's always very outgoing. Um, Opposed to Madoka. So she, they pretty much, you know, hang out. I think they're, I don't know how the Japan schooling system works, but I believe they're in middle school. Could be in high school, but I believe they're in middle school. So uh, the story continues with both of them uh, as they uh, are at this music shop. And they come across, or at least Madoka comes across uh, this voice in her head that starts speaking to her. And from that point forward, you know, a lot of plot points uh, pursue. Uh, Getting on to other characters, uh, Homura is kind of this uh, student that just moved into their school mysteriously. Um, There's not much they know about her, but she pretty much is a silent type. And uh, she's also a magical girl as well, but she kind of has a bit of a a problem with Madoka becoming one, as well as uh, Saika too. But more so, she has an emphasis, or puts an emphasis on Madoka. So throughout, uh, she kind of... Becomes a bit of an obstacle for the characters. Uh, and then you have Mommy, who also appears at the beginning of the show. And uh, her character, she's a bit of a positive, very upbeat, extremely nice person. Putting others before herself. As that will um, definitely play a role very, very soon. But like not too far into the show. Um, you know, her character... Does um create a turning point for the show at a certain juncture? Uh, the world of the show kind of has this very artsy feel to it. You know, it is made by Shaft, so it has like that signature kind of very sketchy but moe cutesy character type of design, and uh, overall, it's just very artsy kind of anime. Um, each of the designs of the characters, like I said, they're pretty simple, but they also do have this very, uh, like, badass look to them, especially when they transform into their outfits. Uh, there's a lot of great scenes in the show later on, uh, specifically with Saika and Kioka having some of the best scenes, and... They also kind of put in a lot of realistic pictures into into the show. Um, It's kind of like Photoshop. Like they look like pictures that somebody like kind of cut out of Photoshop and then just kind of animate it with little movement in the show. It's like really really creative how they do that. Um, Like I said, as far as the plot goes, uh, I don't want to get into it too much, but essentially by the you know, a few episodes in the tone of the show becomes extremely dark as the characters learn or reality sets in on being a magical girl in this world. Uh, some other uh, characters or a another character in the show uh, is Kyubey. Kyube, um is the creature that I mentioned or the thing I was talking about earlier with the voice in Madoka's head, yeah. Kube is that voice, and Kube was being hunted by Homer in the beginning in the first few episodes. And essentially, uh, Kube has the ability to make you a magical girl, but in turn, you're allowed one wish, and that one wish can be anything. And that's all I'm going to say about Kube. He does play a very important role in the story as it progresses. But I'm not going to go further into that. Uh, overall, I will say that the the show is very, very has a very fast pace as things do kind of everything ties together pretty well. But it does involve like a lot of confusing elements, especially when you get to the ending of the show in terms of uh, like timelines and things like that. Uh, I would say that uh, it does, like, the imagery that the show puts out could be a turnoff to some people, especially if you're used to uh, shows kind of, like, being super dark off the get-go. Because the show does take a little bit, like, it, it's not too long because when you're watching it, it does feel like the episode goes by really, really fast. But, at the same time, it doesn't uh, it doesn't slow, especially when the when the story picks up. So, yeah, I would definitely give it a watch. Uh, yeah, there's not really much left to say on it, um, except I guess except I guess to get into the spoiler things about the show. So, If you want to continue listing past this point, just know that I'm going to be talking about the plot points. So you have been warned. And getting back to the lore. uh, So in the second episode, Homura is hunting down Qubei, and Madoka and Saika, uh, they hear the voice, and then they go to find Qubei. Madoka finds Qubei, Find Saika, but then they get caught in a labyrinth, uh, which they explain in episode two. All this stuff is still happening in episode one. So when they get caught in the labyrinth, uh, they then meet Mommy, who saves them. Who is basically the protector of this town. She's the she's the magical girl that has been here for years at this point, and pretty much Mommy saves them and. Uh, Mommy confronts Homura, but you know they're not really getting along too much because Homura has this thing where like she doesn't want Madoka to become a magical girl for some reason that we don't know yet, but we will find out later. Uh, Mommy lets Homer off with a warning. Homer leaves, and essentially Madoka and Saika go with Mommy to. You know, watch and see what it's like to be a magical girl and hunt down witches. Uh then we get into episode two, and kind of like the same thing kind of happens. Uh, where like uh Madoka and Saika were going with mommy to kind of get a more of a feel for things. I believe they save this one woman from committing suicide uh so yeah that happened uh and it was just more of the same kind of stuff then you get to episode three and this is where the tone of the show kind of changes where mommy essentially dies uh hunting down a witch and madoka and saika witness this and they kind of get traumatized by it and they get a little bit deterred from being a magical girl at this point because they didn't, they didn't expect her to die. So uh, after that, uh, Homura leaves and she kind of like tells them that, you know, she tried to warn mommy that this witch was not like the rest. And, you know, she says, you know, mommy was too overconfident. That's why she died. And stuff about her being too nice and yeah it kind of moved from that point um, into Saika uh, now Sa- Saika's arc is kind of one of the you know it's pretty tragic because of how it progressed like it started off good but you know you knew she had good intentions but you knew overall it was not going to end well for her due to her moral code so Saika had been visiting this boy who no longer could play violin due to his hands, not responding to him anymore. So he, She'd visit him in the hospital, taking care of him in the hopes that he could get better since, you know, she had been inspired by his love of music and, you know, she wanted to be there for him. Uh, she later made a wish to be a magical girl to get him better so he could use his hands again. So, in turn, she essentially moved from that point and became a magical girl, and then she started hunting down witches. Of course, you know, she, she kind of did it for the gratitude or to receive the gratitude of this boy, and not receiving that gratitude definitely messed her up in the head. Um, and it even was further pronounced when. Kyoka, which is another character, she had told her her backstory about the reason why she wished to be a magical girl. And her reason was because she had a dad that was a priest, or not a priest, he was a preacher, and he had, you know, a certain sermon he wanted to tell people about God and religion. People weren't listening to her father, so she wished for people to listen to her father. But then her father found out that she wished for it and that it wasn't himself that made what he wanted come true it was by the wishes of someone else uh, her father denounced her killing his entire family and then committing suicide and then kyoka at that point continued to live for herself but it was supposed to be a lesson to saiko to you know to be to live for yourself and to not like care about other people or to not like expect other people to show you thanks after helping them because most oftentimes, times, because you're not them, you don't know what they want. So you're not really going to receive that thanks from them. Psyche does not listen to this. And then she continues to basically fight. We also later on learn that the soul gem that, that's created um, is them. is Their soul is contained in the soul gem. So if it gets separated from their body, they will no longer be able to live. Psyche ignores this, continues to fight, and then her judgment gets clouded even further when she finds out that the boy that she liked is going back to school, and her friend has had a crush on him, and that her friend basically tells him that she loves him. And because psych is no longer human, she can't grapple with the fact that she won't be able to be with the person that she wanted to be with this entire time. Uh, then she goes out on the town, basically. Kills a few guys out of just being in this depressed state. She also got into an argument with uh, Madoka, and after this point, she pretty much loses herself to the point where she turns into a witch. Um, Kyoko wanted to save her. She took Madoka with her in the hopes to maybe bring Saika back from that state. It failed. Kyoka sacrificed herself to save Madoka killing uh, herself and fully killing Sayaka in the process. So now there's only Madoka and Homer at this point and we learn that Homer pretty much has been traveling throughout time to stop Madoka from becoming a magical girl and turning into a witch. So this is, I don't know like how many times at this point in the show she had done it but it had been a lot and she had she was really really close this time so you know she really wanted madoka to not do it of course Valpurgus knocked which is the super super powerful witch that had been teased earlier on in the show had now appeared and the only ones left that could stop it were homura and madoka we know as the viewers that homura is not going to be able to stop it and you know it's going to make madoka want to become a magical girl to save homura mm. Which does happen. Madoka does become a magical girl. Uh, she saves Homura, but in the process, her wish is to save all magical girls from all points in the timeline. Like throughout time and become a god of protection. And that's kind of how the show ends. Uh, overall, would I recommend this show? Yeah, I would. Uh, especially if you're into like shows that have a dark twist to it. Uh, There is a movie as well that's a continuation of the anime called Madoka Magica Rebellion, which I have seen. It's one of the best anime movies of all time. It continues the story in a very great way, so I would definitely check it out. Um, If you want to know where you can watch Madoka Magica, it is on Verve. And I believe it is also on Country Roll, but I believe it's only on Verve right now. And, yeah, I'm not going to give it, like, a score or anything since I don't really believe in giving scores. Uh, But I would, like I said, recommend watching it if you're into, like, Magical Girl dark shows. Uh, So, yeah, that concludes the Madoka Magical Review. Uh, Moving on to Demon Slayer. So, in... Demon Slayer, uh, the main character, Tanjiro, pretty much, um, you know, oh, well, before I get into that, <laughs> I guess I'll just get into Tanjiro's character, so Tanjiro is kind of like, pretty, you know, stereotypical protagonist, um, he goes through the motions, his Demon Slayer is a shonen. Well, I guess it's kind of more of a shonen seinen. But, uh, yeah, he's pretty much, like, if you've ever seen Hunter x Hunter, kind of similar to Gone, but his motivations aren't similar to Gone as, like, Gone wants to, like, you know, become a hunter, whereas, like, Tanjiro, him becoming a demon slayer is a result of what happened in episode one. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's really all there is about Tanjiro, without getting too much into spoilers, uh... Then you have Tanjiro's sister. I'm forgetting her name right now, but um, she's another important character. Uh, I know her name. I just can't like remember it at the moment. But anyway, she gets turned into a demon, and pretty much she follows Tanjiro on his adventure to become a better demon slayer in the hopes that Tanjiro could turn her back into a human. That's pretty much all there is on her. She is extremely cute, I will say that. Her design is also good. Really, all the designs of the characters in Demon Slayer are, like, really good. Uh, Moving on to the other characters, you have Zenitsu, and I believe... I'm forgetting his name. Um, Oh, shoot. Monosuke. Okay, that's his name. So those two characters kind of um, accompany Tanjiro on his journey and Zenitsu kind of has like a uh, lightning-based power um, and Monosuke kind of, he's just a powerhouse but an extremely funny character where he kind of, you know, is super loud and is really, really annoying but it bounces well off the characters since Zenitsu and Monosuke are both really loud and annoying. So they kind of like balance each other out, especially with Tanjiro being like the smart one in a lot of those situations. Um, Zenitsu is interesting because every time he passes out, he becomes badass, which I love. And then Minosuke, you know, he's honestly just a powerhouse. Like when he fights, he just looks badass. He does have the ability to like sense things uh, through hearing. Or, I guess, more of a sonar type of abilities. Zenitsu, like I said, his whole gimmick is lightning. Um, you know, he... Zenitsu also has... Wait, let me... Yeah, yeah. Zenitsu has uh, good hearing. Tandro has good smell. And then... Manosuke... God. He has... Uh, good senses or like a sonar ability uh, yeah and let me see uh, another character there's Tandro's teacher i definitely don't know his name i forgot it uh he basically teaches Tandro, you know the way of the breathing techniques which there are 10 of and Tandro has the water breathing techniques but each character can do the breathing techniques they just have a different element that they wield like i said Tandro's water Zenitsu, his lightning, Monosuke. Uh he doesn't really have an element that I've that I'm aware of. Um yeah. Now getting like back to Tanjiro's sister. Tanjo's sister, power-wise, like every demon has like superhuman strength. Of course, like in this show, the demons follow like a vampire kind of thing where they can't be out in sunlight or else they'll die, so they can only flourish in the night. Each one of them has demon powers, um, so there's that. Uh, they're superhumanly strong, which is why the humans have to use the breathing techniques in order to match the strength of demons, and, uh, each one of them possess a demon blood art, which is, um, basically their superpower, um... So yeah, I can't really get into the s- specifics because that would spoil some events of the show. Uh, but yeah, let me see who some other characters. Um, there are the Hashiras, which are like the higher grade demon slayers, uh, that kind of play a role in the story later on. And yeah, that's really about it. Um, oh yeah, there are the. the main antagonist or the main villain of the show is extremely terrifying and he has the ability to turn humans into demons by giving them his blood uh, there's obviously a lot more to his character but um i don't really like can't say much more like i said without spoiling the events of the show Uh let me see uh the art style is very vibrant very colorful Uh, it kind of has big bold black lines and it does feel it. I don't know. Like everything is very smooth. Like the animation is definitely some of the best I've ever seen. Rivaling things like attack on Titan. uh, And I think what's another show has good animation. Uh, Hunter x Hunter. Like it's, it's rivaling those two shows for me. And those are some like of the top tier. Of course, it's coming from Ufotable, um, so it's to be expected that the animation is going to be gloriously beautiful. But uh, yeah, definitely love the art style. The show also is like very fast-paced as well, where the episodes like will fly by because you'll get sucked into them. But like I said, it's not too fast to where you think things are being rushed. Like every time an arc ends, like you will be aware that the arc is over and that they're moving on to like a new area, uh, power progression. Like nobody is super overpowered in this show. Uh, characters do fail when they fight certain things. I mean, Tanjiro is going to win the fight no matter what, but like there are some moments where like Tanjiro is like about to be killed and you really don't know how he's going to get out of it. Um, like there's a, I mean, that happens really in episode one. I don't, that happens honestly in um, just about every major moment in the story involving Tanjiro. I always liken the show to um, Hunter x Hunter because it does follow like a similar uh, pathway. The only difference is, um, there's like slight differences in the character. Like Tanjiro is gone, but uh, Tanjiro does not have a Kilua character. Uh, then you have Zenitsu, which reminds me of a lot of Le- Leorio and you have Monosuke, which reminds me of Karapika um, parallel wise. Uh, you know, the characters kind of like have that initial training arc that they have to go through. Uh, they come out of that, um, you know, same thing Hunter x Hunter, the Hunter exam, but in this call, co- in this one it's called final selection which is the Demon Slayer exam where they kind of, you know, go through uh, like a fight to see if they can survive. They make it out at the end, they get a sword, and they go out on missions. Similar to, you know, going getting a hunter license and going out on missions. Same kind of thing. Also, there is um, uh, the villain group uh, are numbered so, like, each of the demons, or the higher-tier demons, have, like, certain numbers on their eyes that dictate how powerful they are. Kind of a la the Arankar arc from Bleach, if you've seen that, where each of the Arankar have different numbers tattooed on their bodies, which indicate how strong they are in the lineup. Uh, Tanjiro does fight one of these demons, which is one of my all-time favorite anime episodes ever, there is nothing that has come close to this. This is, like, by far. And the episode I'm talking about is episode 19 of the show. Like, when you get there, like, this show is so good. Like, the animation is really smooth. Like, you will enjoy it if you like fluid animation. Uh, yeah, I don't want to get into spoilers for this show as either because I think this is one that you're going to want to go in completely blind. So I'm not going to, like, touch on it in this review I might do like a separate thing for demon slayer like once the movie comes out maybe talk about it again but would I recommend it hell yes um I definitely would tell you to watch it uh you should be able to find it on crunchyroll uh for like streaming uh of course like it it's also available on on verve as well so you can find it there but um Yeah, Uh, I would watch it and read the manga. So, yeah. And there is also like a movie for Demon Slayer coming out next year, if if you didn't know, which is going to cover like the next arc. Uh, Yeah. But if you're wondering uh, where you can find this podcast, uh, you can find it on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and iTunes. I post bi-weekly talking about anime, college advice, life advice, or just anything that's interesting to me. Uh, With that, I hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and I'll see you in two weeks with a new topic. Bye.